All right, folks, you are listening to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Hebron to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. And it's so great to be with you right now. As you can hear, the call to prayer here outside of the tomb of the patriarchs and the matriarchs, Allahu Akbar. And uh, whenever I hear Allahu Akbar, I say always, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. I think that matches. We got to do it the same way. Whenever you're here, I don't know if you get to hear this a lot, but if you do get to hear it, you definitely have to say Shema Israel out loud and proud and make sure that our call to prayer is also heard. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the show. Right off the bat, I want to thank the folks that make the show happen. Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Yocheved, Lou, and Tabitha for getting the show out to the world. Today is Thursday. Once again, like last week, I'm recording later than usual. Uh, things have been extremely busy. And um, the reason they're busy is because I'm putting up a new menorah, new Chanukiah, excuse me, uh, in Hebron. Uh, that's just one of the projects that I'm putting up right now with the help uh, of my friend Jeff and, uh, and my friend Melissa. Uh, they're helping fund it, and it's a beautiful new Chanukiah. And also we're cleaning up the tomb uh, of uh, Ruth and Ishai and making it beautiful. That's another project. And then on top of that, while trying to do beautiful things, you get things like the New York Times publishing the movie uh, made by an extreme left, anti-Israel, anti-Hebron organization named uh, Breaking the Silence. But in Hebrew, they're called Shovrim Shtika, Breaking the Silence. But in fact, not in fact, my, my opinion is that they should be called Shovrim Shtika. And then I have a little joke that I call them the SS, the Shovrim Shtika folks. It's a little joke of mine, but uh, the, the joke is not that funny because, uh, in fact, this movie uh, should receive a prize. I, I want to create a prize called the Goebbels Award. The Goebbels Award, right? And this award you, you, you give every year to the most like anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, hateful you know, movie and propaganda stuff that they make out there. So uh, right now I'm fighting, fighting with the New York Times and also with the Shavrim Shtika and maybe with the Israeli government to take a tougher stand uh, with all the libel. For example, the movie itself is called Everybody is a Suspect. And the whole movie's point is that every Palestinian that walks around here is suspect and is afraid. And it's such a load of lies and malarkey. Uh, and that's just the accusations, not to mention the whole narrative of, it, a narrative of it, which does not recognize Jewish history in the place, does not recognize that we're a small minority, does not recognize that we're constantly under attack here. Um, and so as the Allah Akbar calls out here, it's not just an issue of, of uh, calling out to God. It's also an issue of uh, basic rights that we're fighting for against this force that wants to erase our history. Right. So I'd love to hear from you about that. So write me an email, yishaiyishaifleischer.com. And I also want to thank all the people that have started supporting me through and started supporting the podcast through the uh, Buy Me a Coffee uh, platform and it's just buy me a coffee forward slash yishai it's very simple and I've already had a, a, a really a, a really great uh, turnout for that and I urge you if you enjoy the show and you enjoy what I do uh, to be part of it and uh, and what can I tell you we are we are we have the big schut the merit to build Eretz Israel uh, and to see it being built and, and to push back on forces that want to erase us. So that's uh, buy me a coffee forward slash Yishai. And you could also just go to Yishaifleischer.com and I put that link up at the very top. The Torah portion that we're reading is the Torah portion of Vayishlach. It is an important Torah portion. And it has in it, the, the one, one of the things that I want to focus with you on today is that it has a lot of different places in, in different 
cities uh, in the land of Israel that are the key cities that uh, make up the the biblical highway, uh, which is at the center of the country, in the center of the mountainous region. Of course, Hebron plays into it. But whenever you have Hebron, you also have another important city, which is Shechem. And we'll get to that in just a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. As, as you recall, as you recall, um, Yaakov Avino is running away, ran away from his brother, went to Haran, spent 20 years there working for Lavan or Laban. Um, and so uh, that is uh, what he did in the last portion. But then he started being called back to the land of Israel. God sent him a message saying, I'm calling you back to the land. Uh, however, in the land dwells somebody who is not simple to deal with, and that is Esav. Esav is somebody that, that uh, his brother Esav, or, or in English, Esau, that's the brother that he's got to deal with and he's got to face. And it almost seems in the beginning of our Torah portion that he's deadly afraid of facing him. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's coming to, 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 towards his brother, um, and he's going to meet him in the land of Israel. And he says, listen, I've delayed till now because I was with Lavan. In any case, he starts sending him uh, gifts. He starts sending him gifts. And this is after the Torah portion says clearly that he became afraid and that he divided the nation that, that he had, the people that he had, into two camps in order that if one camp is, uh, is destroyed, the other camp is saved. And this is, what, what can we say? This is very frightful tactics, very defensive tactics uh, the tactics that are more associated with the name Jacob as opposed to the name Israel, meaning to say witty, clever tactics uh, and self-preservation tactics instead of you know larger, broader, stronger type of tactics of, of more offensive tactics. And we'll see that there's a struggle between that in just a minute. In any case, um, Jacob is, uh, is, uh, is about to face Esav and he prays to God and he says uh, a very famous uh, verse, which became a song, uh, and that is for chapter 32, verse 11. Remember this song? Have you heard the song? Katonti mikol ha-chasadim u-mikol ha-emet asher asita et avdecha. Have you heard that song? It's a great song by Yonatan Razel. Katonti mikol ha-chasadim u-mikol ha-emet asher asita et avdecha. I don't know that last note. In any case, it's a wonderful song, and, and it's to these beautiful words, which is that Jacob says, I have become small. I'm, sm- I'm smaller than all of the mercy that you have, and the truth that you have granted me. Now save me, because I've crossed this r- uh, Jordan, and now I've become two camps, and I'm afraid. Save me. And the song goes, God, please protect me. Please save, please save me. From the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. And he reminds God about, uh, about the promises that God made to him. And then he also sends gifts towards Esau in order to appease him. And that's another tactic, a clever tactic, a witty tactic, but a defensive tactic maybe, or maybe a good psychological tactic. We see that we see, by the way, that that Jacob all along Yaakov is an adroit fighter in various ways. He knows animal husbandry. He knows trickery. He knows how to get in. He knows how to sneak in. He knows how to um, run away. He, he he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. Jacob does. Yaakov does. Um, in any case, uh, he sends all these gifts. But then, as he as, as he's really about to face Esav. And some people say maybe he was trying to run away from Esav. At that very moment, 
um, at that very moment where he's about to face him, he crosses the river and kind of uh, um, uh, seemingly is alone. And then he struggles with somebody. Now, the psychological read of that is that he struggles with himself, with something inside of him that's fearful. I, I'm always reminded of the wonderful, maybe one of the best scenes, in, in, one of the better scenes in cinematog- cinematography is the famous scene in Superman, I think it's Superman 3, when he splits up and he fights with, with this like alternative Superman that's within him, a bad Superman. And here you have like this like fight between... Now, the rabbis say that he's fighting with the angel of Asav. And I, I like that. I like that explanation a lot. Uh, but another way to understand it is like the Asav that's within, and he's going to have a struggle with the fear of Asav. But when he struggles with that, with this angel, with this being, with himself, whatever it is, he demands, as the sun is going up, the angel says, I, release me, it's time for me to go. And he says, I'm not going to release you until you bless me. And that blessing is the promo of the new name that Yaakov is going to have, and that name is Israel, Israel, Israel. Everybody just say it. I, 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 I want to imagine you right now in your car, washing your dishes, walking your dog. I just want to imagine you. There's stars outside. I just want you to look up at the stars or look up wherever you are and just want you to say Israel, Israel. Say that word. Say Israel in your heart. I think that just right now, let's do that together. Israel, Israel. Okay. And, and for me, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to say that here because I'm standing right in front of where Jacob is buried, the first Israel. I'm, I'm standing right here. I'm standing where the procession to bury him took place right here uh, as we're talking about this. So it's definitely very powerful to say that right here. Uh, in any case, um, they struggle. He gets this name Israel, and he also gets a limp from this struggle. And he also, uh, we are commanded to from here on not to eat the cyanatic nerve, cyniatic, cyniatic nerve, the Gid HaNasheh, the Gid HaNasheh, and I even see in the Chumash that I'm looking at right now, a wonderful uh, a picture of that, and I've seen it in real life, how in the hind quarters there's this nerve called the cyniatic nerve, the Gid HaNasheh, and how you're supposed to take it out in, order, in, in a process called Nikur, in order not to eat it. Um, and that is memory of this struggle. Uh, with the very name of Israel is associated with the struggle and therefore don't eat this, this hindquarter of the animal. Very interesting, very interesting commandment of a way to remember uh, the, the name. Um, in any case, um, um, they meet with, with, with Esav. Uh, again, tactically, Jacob divides the people that meet him and puts Joseph and Rachel at the very end. Uh, and he's very tactical about about how he approaches Esav, and Esav runs towards him, and the famous, this famous, famous, famous words, and he kissed him Vayishakehu, and has these dots in the Torah above this word Vayishakehu. It has these dots in the written Torah, and the rabbis say, the sages say that he, that Esav, that Esau tried to bite him. He tried to bite him. Uh, and 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 uh, God defended him, and some people, the Medrash says that his neck became like like marble. Um, and then I, there's a, there's an explanation that I mention every year, and that's because I think it's so so moving and so central. Which is that the Sfat Emes says, the famous uh, Hasidic master, the Sfat Emes says, um, you can't change you can't change kiss to bite. Even the rabbis can't do that. If it says kiss him, he kissed him. He didn't bite him. And then uh, he explains, yes, because the truth is, is that Esav's kiss is his greatest bite. Esau's kiss is his greatest bite indeed. Um, uh, so yeah, he kissed him, but if he tries to bring you close, that's the greatest bite. That's his trickery. 
but Yaakov has none of it and kind of separates out from Esau after they meet, and there is a detente, not an entente, but a detente uh, between these um, uh, two forces. I think entente is more like a cooperative uh, a relationship where a detente means a kind of like peace where, where it's not a, no conflict. In any case, um, in any case, uh, Yaakov is done with this deep, you know, he, 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 you know, it's as though he breathes out a big sigh of relief because he's done with that issue of Esav. And there's a lot there to say about where they're going to meet at the end of time. Uh, will Esav and, and, and Yaakov actually reconcile? In any case, uh, the next thing is that, that the next kind of uh, big story is that after Yaakov finishes with Esav, he goes to Shechem. Uh, and Shechem is always the first city that you come to in the land of Israel. And that's the same with Avraham. That's the same with the children of Israel. It's the same with Jacob. When you're coming from the north, the first city that you come to is Shechem, Shechem. Or the Arabs call it Nablus, which is Neopolis, Neapolis. In any case, um, they, get to, uh, they get to Shechem, and then there's a crazy incident that happens. And that is that, that uh, Jacob's daughter Dina gets taken and violated uh, by Shechem ben Hamor. Um, which is a guy named after the city, or the city's named after him. Most likely that he was named after the city. And, um, and he wants to marry her. He actually likes her. And it could very well be that in those times, that was a totally reasonable thing. You take this girl, okay, you, you like her, and you want to keep her now, um, instead of discard her, right? But of course, um, of course she's shamed. Uh, and certainly the children of Israel and the sons, uh, of Jacob did not want this kind of relationship to take place. And then there's this incredible famous incident, which is that uh, the sons of Jacob, especially uh, Shimon and Levi, um, the, tribes of, uh, the, the heads of the tribes of Shimon and Levi, make a deal with these Shechemites. And they say to them, uh, sure, we'll give you uh, our daughter to marry and we'll marry in and we'll become all successful tribe together, but you have to circumcise yourself. We cannot... Uh, allow ourselves to have relations of any kind with people that are uncircumcised because it's uh, maybe business relations yet, but we certainly can't become one tribe because to us it's a shame. It's a shameful thing. Maybe it's a mark of slavery. Uh, there's many explanations of what the shame of the foreskin is, but in any case, you could understand that in ancient cultures, and I guess for the Jewish peoples till today, um, the uncircumcised is, is, is a mark of shame. And so too did David say that, uh, you know, talked about the heathen Goliath as being uncircumcised. Uh, in any case, the folks of Shechem buy into it. They accept the idea. They, they like it. Uh, and and uh, um, um, Shechem ben Hamor and Hamor, they talk to the, uh, to, to, the, to the townspeople, and the townspeople say, okay, we'll, we'll circumcise ourselves in order to, make, uh, to get the wealth of this family, to get the daughters of this family, to, to, to become richer and more powerful. Uh, but this whole thing was a ruse, and the ruse was that um, on the third day, when all the male folks were uh, recovering from circumcision, then came uh, Shimon and Levi and sacked the town and took the booty of it and basically destroyed their enemies. Uh, when Jacob hears about this, he chides his, his sons, how could you do such a thing? And they say, we can't allow our, our daughter to become a prostitute, our sister to become a prostitute to be treated like a prostitute, excuse me, to be treated, to be, in, in simple terms, to be, to be violated and, 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 and not treated in holiness and in proper matrimony. So, so um, then there's silence 
you know, Jacob is not happy, and we hear later on at the end of his life that he kind of uh, once again chides uh, his children for, for doing this act. And there's a big discussion within uh, worlds that I live in and occupy, uh, you know, occupation. Uh, the, the, the discussion is, who was right? Was Jacob right or that, that they shouldn't have done such an act? Or were the boys right? You know, a lot of people would like to say, hey, the boys were awesome. You know, they, 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 and the Rambam says they had every legal right to do it for various reasons. In any case, you know, they, were, they had the right to do it and they acted with courage and they didn't act like Jacob, they acted more like Israel. But my, my good friend Natan, no, not my good friend, uh, somebody who I was close with uh, once upon a time, but I haven't seen him in, in a few years, but, but he's a good man. Uh, Natan Katlarov, he once told me something that I'll never forget. That's why I want to say it in his name. He said that uh, the, the reason that Jacob was so upset with them, and the reason it makes sense why he was so upset with them, is for a simple reason, which is they, they didn't go out to battle with people face to face. They used a ruse, and that's also fair. But they used the name of God and the promise to become holier, the promise to become close to the Jewish people, the promise of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a holier, more sanctified life. Uh, and and, and, and through, through this, they used a ruse. Uh, they rused on God's good name. And that's not right. You can't tell people, oh, you know, it's, you know imagine if you were invited to a Chabad house. It's like, it's like the way we, we, tr- we destroy enemies is that we invite them for a Lechaim at the Chabad house and then, and then, uh, and then attack them. That's not right. If you, if you call in, uh, if you invoke the name of the good God, the good Lord, then you can't, uh, you can't, you can't um, profane God's good name like that. I, I always thought that that was a good, good explanation. So the act may have been just, but the, mean, the, the, the form of the trickery is not right. In any case, um, um, then, um, then when they're done with that, remember the mission is to get back to Isaac. Get back to Isaac who's in Hebron. And they went to Shechem in the, in, in the central north, north central region. And then now they're traveling, they travel south a little bit more to Beit El. And this is where God had that great, God and Yaakov had that great, I like to call it a romantic moment, that, that face-to-face moment in Beit El. And so God calls him back to Beit El and he comes to finally to Beit El and he, and he finds that same rock that he anointed more than 20 years before that. Uh, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he builds, a, uh, he builds an altar and he calls the place El Beit El, the God of Beit El. That's the name of the place, um, and 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 there in Beit El, he gets the official coronation of the name Israel. Vayomer lo Elohim, Shimcha Yaakov lo yikare Shimcha od, lo yikare Shimcha od Yaakov, ki im Yisrael yeshimcha Shmecha, excuse me, yeshmecha vayikra et Shmo Yisrael. So God said to him, Your name Jacob will not be called anymore Jacob. Rather, Israel is going to be your name. And he called him that. He called him Israel. And he blessed him once again. God blessed him once again. And he promised him. And the two major blessings are always, the Abrahamic blessings, are the blessing of children and the blessing of the land. And this land which I promised to Abraham and to Isaac, to you I will give it to you and to your, and to your offspring. After you, I'll give the land. I just, I, I got a chill just reading this right now as I'm standing with my tefillin on, by the way, here at the entrance of Marat HaMachpelah, 
and the promise of the land of Israel. And then it says, God rose above him in the place that he spoke to him. Rashi says, I don't know what this, what this verse is coming to tell us. And I'm not sure either. But, but I don't know. I, I feel in my heart that this verse says something very deep. And I think that's why Rashi says, I don't know what it's telling me because it's telling me something deep, but I'm not sure what it is. And it's as though like, God left him, but he left him at the place. He left him at the place to, to keep up the, the fight. You can't be, you got to try to be connected to God every single day, but then you sometimes get your marching orders and you got to go forward. So, so God, God lifted above him at the place that he spoke to him. That very place, that place is where God, God connected with him and now he left him with his marching orders. And, uh, and again, he, he anoints the stone. And then... Uh, Towards the end of the parsha is the um, painful moment as they're coming into towards they're moving now south of Jerusalem towards Bethlehem, and guess what? It's time for Rachel to give birth to the son that's going to be born here in the land of Israel. That's Benjamin Binyamin, and she has uh, she had given birth to Joseph. Things went probably smoothly, it seems, but here she has uh, she runs into a hard time, and indeed. Um, the verse says, It was when her soul left her, for she died. And she called the son that was born, the son of my pain. But his father changed the kind of name and called him Benjamin, Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And there she was, she passed away, and she passed away in, in Beit Lechem, on the road to Ephrat on the road to Ephrat in Gush Etzion. She died there, and it says that Yaakov made a marker on her tombstone, on her tomb, and it is the marker of Rachel to this very day. Finally, um, there, there's, a, there's another story, but finally, finally, at the end, Jacob came to Yitzchak, Yaakov came to Yitzchak in, in chapter 35, verse 27, Aviv. He came, Yaakov came to Isaac, his father, his beloved mother, uh, uh, Rivka. Rivka is no longer alive. He didn't really get to say goodbye to her, it seems. Yaakov came to Yitzchak, his father, Mamre, in, in Mamre, Kiryat Arba, this place called Kiryat Arba, he Hebron, it is Hebron, Asher Garsham Avram Vitzchak. And the Torah says that Avram and Yitzchak both lived in this town where I'm standing right now. Isaac lived 180 years and he uh, died and was buried by his two sons first Esav and then Yaakov this is the Torah portion it finishes off with the story of uh, the life of, of Esav and the Torah spills a lot of ink uh, on the children of Esav um, and who they are and it finishes off by saying who Esav Aviadom? This is Esav. This is the lineage, basically, of Esav. He is the father of Edom, Edom, and finishes off his story. Because when Isaac is dead, so too uh, does Esav. Uh, does Esav um, um, kind of finishes his life? And uh, there's a sense that Esav and Yaakov are competitors. And the tension between the blessings that they got originally, then the tension between, you know, the, the, the angels, the struggle with the angel, and they'll even have tensions at the end of their life. And where I'm standing right now is where Jacob uh, was, was brought to be buried, but Esau stood and tried to block 
his burial until one of the grandsons, Chushim Ben Dan, lopped off Esav's head and it was buried steps away from where I am right now. These stories come to life when you when you uh, are walking in these places. My friend Zev Ornstein always says uh, that the Bible comes to life in the place that the Bible happened, and I think that's so very true. And so uh, it's such a schut for me to be able to broadcast and talk with you about these things and to review these things so I could discuss it with you seriously. Uh, but uh, there's nothing more exciting than the book of Bereshit, than the book of Genesis. And to me, this is one of the ultimate things. If we can pass to our children the story of the book of Bereshit, if we can pass it to our nation, we can pass it to the world, we'll be golden because everybody will understand our history, will understand what we're about, why we're here, and, and, and the spiritual significance of these places and these people and this pathway and it's just an incredible tale. And if you believe that God wrote it, you see secrets in every phrase, uh, in every verse. There are so many more meanings. With that, my friends, I want to bid you adieu. I again want to thank the folks that make this show happen. Uh, if it's Ben, Tabitha, uh, Yocheved, Lou, uh, and Moshe who get the show out to the world, I want to thank you guys so much. And all of you folks who are part of uh, helping the show uh, be free and widely dispersed, much, much, we do appreciate it very much. And it is easier today than ever before. There's a new, uh, 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 I have in addition to my like bigger donations that people give for the projects like Hevarut V. Shai, like the Israel Biblical Highway, like Hebron stuff, uh, which you could do through hebronfund.org or the stuff that I'm more specifically personally involved in, which is uh, what I was saying before, the uh, uh, tomb of Ruth and Ishai, the new menorah, the, uh, the Chanukiah, I mean, um, and the, the Israel Biblical Highway. That's through ishaifleischer.com forward slash donate. But if you just want to support the show, it's so easy. You just go to buy me a coffee, and I'm sure that you would buy me a coffee if you uh, would meet me on the street. If you're listening this far, you must be uh, either a great lover or a real hater looking for just that juicy bit of tidbit of something that you could use against me, but I'm going to guess it's more the former than the latter. So you could just go to uh, buymeacoffee.com uh, forward slash Yishai. It's just that easy. That's it, my friends. What a schut uh, to be with you. And I just want to thank Hashem uh, for the schut to be doing what I'm doing right now, which is recording while walking around with just my socks. I took off my shoes with my tefillin on uh, right at the uh, entrance uh, of Marat HaMachpilah, the tombs of the fathers and mothers, the very people that we're reading about, uh, and the burial of Yitzchak, which took place here. Uh, and we'll get to the rest as well. So God bless you folks, and thank you so much for being part of the story of Yisrael. Yisrael, the battle uh, of uh, this world between good and evil. And I know what side you're on. God, I know what side you're on. God bless you. Keep you safe. Keep you strong. Stay connected. Stay part of the story. Write me an email, Yishai at YishaiFleischer.com. Thank you to the Land of Israel Network. Thank you to Ari Abramowitz and Jeremy Gimpel for this wonderful network and the other great shows here. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. And may Hashem give us the strength to know the truth and to know the lies of the New York Times and of... Uh, uh, the New York Times and of Shovrim uh, Shtika, the SS, and their gobels like lies. And finally, one last thing is I will be flying out to America right after Hanukkah. I will be in Texas. I will be in, I will be in Dallas. I will be in Florida, and I will be in New York for short periods of time. If you want to see me, it's important to you. Uh, and you have any ideas, write me an email, yishayishayfleischer.com. Lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hashem, and Shalom.
As the masks are coming off and much of the world is turning not only against Israel, but yes, against the Jewish people. If you feel different, if your love for Israel is growing deeper and stronger, if you're thirsting to cleave to the nation of Israel and to the God of Israel, if you're thirsting to learn authentic Torah from Jews in Judea, then the Land of Israel Fellowship is for you. Hundreds of individuals and families from around the world come together on Zoom every week in what can only be described as a fellowship of love, friendship, of learning and praying and belonging. A fellowship really unlike any other. It's more than just a movement, it's a family. To learn more about the Land of Israel Fellowship, click on www.thelandofisrael.com backslash fellowship or send an email to fellowship at thelandofisrael.com. Love and blessings from Judea.